0: Were you one of those kids that dabbled with a Ouija board, told ghost stories around the campfire or tried to spook your friends with tall tales of boogeyman under the bed? Did you try to trade your soul with the devil for some riches or some superpower? If you were a kid like me, I'm sure you did. Most people grow out of this phase at some point. They get a hold of themselves and their senses and they abandon the juvenile and the supernatural. In Thailand, ghosts and the world of spirits is for the most part just as real as this voice that you hear in your headphones now. Now, mostly that belief is harmless. You see the red Fanta offerings to spirit houses, strings of talismans, around the neck of taxi drivers for safe travel and the like. But you cross this belief with maliciousness and the thirst of power and jealousy and drugs and mental illness, and you're holding a potent brew that I call Thai black magic and murder. So in this episode of the podcast, I want to do a couple of things. I want to cover a few about five or six different murder cases that I've dug up that involve Thai black magic and murder and I want to talk about them so we have like a good survey of how black magic and murder sometimes meet in Thailand and result in murder so I'll have a few cases there and then I'm going to talk a little bit about the old beliefs that have been passed down generationally uh, with certain circles of Thai black magic practitioners that might be influence the culture. And most people are aware of them, even in their peripheral, that these old practices that have been have been passed down by black magic practitioners in Thailand have power. And this might influence people's motives when they are mixed with more human motives like jealousy, greed, rage, and so we'll actually take a little peek at uh, the, the tradition of the Thai occult and how that may also influence Thai black magic and murder. So the first story I wanted to talk about happened uh, about nine months ago uh, in Udon Thani, and they're in Isan. And you might recall this, it was a it was pretty shocking scene. There was a guy named Jack, his nickname Jack, who I dubbed Madman Jack, uh, through my writing of the on the case, who on a Saturday afternoon pulled up to a stoplight in Udantani City, pulled up to a red light, and took out a knife and jabbed his knife into the neck of two girls waiting at the light for it to turn. One of the victims uh, was a 22-year-old woman, Miss Pinkham, and the other was a 13-year-old girl. The knife attack was caught on CCTV, so you might remember this. Uh, Jack, Madman Jack, he stabbed the girls very in a very almost surgical way uh it's, it's almost seemed like he had a no emotion while he did it and the video shows that the uh, it's it's a pretty graphic video it's not for the faint of heart if you don't like to watch these things uh i'm uh, of a twisted disposition and at times well you know i wouldn't be doing this work if, if i didn't watch this kind of stuff let's be honest right but the video shows the girls walking away uh and it almost seems like they're stunned or shocked you know this isn't the hollywood movies uh when you're attacked this way the uh, reaction isn't is unpredictable and they uh the girls kind of stumble off uh almost as if nothing happened uh, but they died later from the injuries at the udon hospital Uh, madman jack he stabbed and injured five others he went on a spree of of uh stabbing people so it was reported early on that madman jack he worked as a pig butcher so that might explain how he was so surgical and precise and almost unemotional uh you know his job was really to cut the necks of pigs at his job so this might be uh, an argument in the favor of veganism because it produces uh industrial factory farming produces uh individuals who are become very skilled at cutting pigs necks uh, i'm kind of saying this tongue-in-cheek i, I uh, eat pork so uh but i'm sure there might be some who argue this uh, people who knew Madman Jack said that he had woman problems. He had problems with his girlfriend. Uh, he abused meth and alcohol. And on the day of the stabbings, he was cruising around Udon Tani looking for his girlfriend. And so that could be part of his motivation, some sort of jealousy. Um, and when he saw the young woman at the light... Waiting on her motorbike. He thought it was his girlfriend. And that's when he attacked her. uh, And it was a case of. Mistaken identity. Which is very sad. If that's the truth. So when police caught up with. Madman Jack. He was uh, described as being in a frenzy. Which is probably due to the adrenaline. Of having killed two people. And stabbing five others. Um, A blockade was set up and they apprehended the suspect so uh you know some takeaways for me from just the facts of the case or you know he was a pig butcher uh it was very clear that he knew how to kill with a knife he was skilled with a knife he went through the motions of it day in day out at his butchering job he had the muscle memory for murder uh by killing by slitting uh 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 a creature's throat. So you you know. He learns exactly how to make it count. Right. But this is not. The only thing. That we learned about Madman Jack. In the days that followed. There were some very interesting reports. That came out about. Madman Jack. Number one. When police brought him to the police station there were no amphetamines found in his system so the early reports that he might have been abusing meth were unfounded because he did not have any in his system at least at the time could he have had it in the past of course and there are long-term consequences of that but at the time of the killing he pissed clean uh, there was a lot of details coming out in both the English and in Thai language press. The thing that the English language press basically missed, though, were two reports the day following the murder that Madman Jack was heavily involved with Khmer or Khmer, however you want to pronounce it, basically uh, the Cambodian black magic tradition, which really is what Thai people are afraid of and uh, according to many has the most potency for black magic so the Khmer black magic tradition uh, entered this case because Madman Jack was tattooed at a infamous temple in Udantani with a Hanuman tattoo and he undertook the study of Chimera magic with a Ajan. So the police called in Ajan to help with the case. Ajan Tay got a phone call from police seeking his assistance. Uh, he came right away in this situation. When the Ajan arrived, the suspect... Was displaying abnormal strength, and according to the reports in the Thai press, Madman Jack was nearly impossible to subdue without the help of several officers. Now he was not; on, he did not have uh, amphetamines in his system. His piss was clear and clean; it didn't turn purple. Uh, it was also reported that when police apprehended the suspect on Saturday, the day before. Madman Jack was very difficult to subdue. And this is really where things become a little bit strange and why this case is relevant to this podcast episode. So there was no meth in Jack's system. Uh, The hospital that ran the test to detect narcotics reported that there was nothing found in his system. A doctor also identified no sign of mental illness in the killer so when Ajante arrived at the police station, he performed a ritual that would remove the power of the Hanuman tattoo in the Wicha Arcom that reportedly gave Jack his supernatural power. So the, the Wicha Arcom is uh, like a magical inscription, uh, kind of like a words of power. Uh, Tattooed on his back Uh, There was another Interview where Ajante Advised that the ceremony was Effective and it's reported That after the ceremony to remove Madman Jack's Magical power that his Abnormal strength weakened Uh, It's also Important to note that when police tried To subdue Madman Jack at the police Station This is reported in the Thai press That there was a strange electrical phenomenon that was observed for unknown reasons that made the police uncomfortable. Uh, Basically, the electric went out and things were being weird, like the the, uh, electronics were turning on and off. Uh, Mad Mad Jack reportedly told the press that he slept well that night. So... This is not fiction. This is actually a real case of murder where a man killed two girls in Isan. He was studied and well-read in the arts of Khmer black magic, although there is reports, there are reports that Madman Jack was a failed acolyte. He was a failed student of the dark arts, and he dropped out. But apparently... The magic was powerful enough to cause police to bring in a practitioner of magical arts to remove Madman Jack's magical potency that he had. Uh, and a ritual was performed at the police station. And this was just nine months ago. This isn't 100 years ago. This isn't in some forgotten past of medieval Thailand. Now, this was this past year in a very serious case. Uh, and you can see how not just Thai people, but the institutions of the Thai police take black magic seriously so this is one case that i thought was very interesting there's another case that i've written about that you might be familiar with because i talk to talk about it from time to time and that's the case of boon heap lake now this case does go back in time over a hundred years ago uh boon heap lake was a monk. Heep Lake uh, was a name given to him, attached to his name after his crimes because he Lake means like an iron chest, like a chest of, like a treasure chest, which is how he would conceal his murder victims and drop them into the lake or rivers of Bangkok, which is where he did his murders. Uh at least seven people were found in iron chests that were sunk in the water around Bangkok uh, during his day. He was a monk who had a reputation for being able to bewitch people with magical potions, which he sold. And he developed sort of a cult following. Um, and you can read about Boon Pen Heap Lake. I did a big write-up on him that uh, did the rounds a few months back now the interesting thing in how i'm going to relate it to black magic and murder is okay he was a killer uh but when he was slated to be executed which was actually the last public beheading in siam which happened on august 19th uh 1919 so uh about 102 years ago and i wrote about this recently as well uh, on Twitter but uh, it was at a at Wat Pasi which is uh, uh, near Ekamai in Bangkok uh, if you want the location I can send it to you or you can go check out the article which has uh, all the google map information so there was a large crowd that attended the execution uh, none of his family were there not his wife his mother father etc nobody came uh, Boon Pang kind of had a large following and a lot of people knew about the case at the time and so a lot of people had come to witness it because he was a monk and this was very shocking to people especially at that time when monks were regarded with very high regard. So Uh, He was scheduled to be executed. This was the last public beheading in Siam. There are photos of the beheading mm, that I was able to dig up. Uh, But there was a twist at the time of the beheading. So the executioner would do a little dance, a ceremonial dance around the stage, uh, which was normal for a Siamese beheading. And he would raise a white sword into the air, and when he struck Boon Peng's neck, nothing happened. The sword didn't even break the skin. Now, these swords were built to cut these men these guys' heads off. They weren't just, you know, plastic. Uh the executioner flipped out. He lost his proverbial shit. He went off the handle. The crowd went nuts. They were shocked by what they just saw. Uh Boon was mouth was twitching and he was uttering some dark incantations, according to the reports of the time. The executioner saw that Boon Pen held something in his mouth. There was something in his mouth, and the executioner made Boon Peng spit it out. And that's when a black Buddha amulet landed on the ground. Uh the executioner picked it up and put it on a bamboo uh uh, pole that was basically where uh, Boompeng was tied to at the center of the stage. Uh, according to the reports, this amulet was a protection amulet, and uh, the once the executioner had Boompeng spit it out, uh, the executioner raised his white sword a second time, whacked Boompeng's neck, and this time it was a success. There was a Gush of blood it was streaming out of his body, and he was dead. So, after this, uh, the law was changed in Siam uh, that firing squad was the preferred method uh, of execution. We don't know if it was because of the failed execution or for other reasons. Maybe someone more well read in the history can let me know and let us know. But the fact remains, Boon had a powerful magic to protect him. And he was very renowned for creating magical potions that would bewitch people, tie lovers together, and the such. So that's another little anecdote from history. Uh, so to bring the uh, black magic back to today's era, there's, there's another couple cases that I thought were really interesting. So there's one where a mother kills her daughter. This was back in 2004. A mother killed her daughter. Um, And this one is really strange. So basically what happened here is, uh, this is in Ratchaburi in 2004, Uh, police found the body of a 12-year-old girl who was just lying in a pool of blood uh her throat was slashed repeatedly uh, the windpipe was cut there was a blood-stained knife found next to the body uh, next to the knife and the body was a table with a basin filled with water and in it were was, was some hair of the victim so this was a ritualistic murder Uh, the person who committed the attack, there was four people who were questioned, relatives of the girl, the, the child's mother, grandmother, aunt, and two aunts. Uh, the hospital and doctors determined that the four women were mentally ill they believed that they were mediums like spirit mediums of the god indra the old vedic god indra and indra ordered them to kill the girl because they believed there was an evil spirit in the girl that had to have her soul freed so that she could also be with indra uh there was a tape recorder found in the house uh which was a A conversation between the four women who had murdered the the girl uh at one point on the tape the mother said that uh the girl will sacrifice her life for her mother and the child who was 12 years old was on tape saying why did you do this to me why did you do this to me and it's believed by police that at that point the her four female relatives the ones that she trusted most in life her mother her grandmother and two aunts killed her just as she finished asking that question why did you do this to me so it's a pretty disturbing story of what is believed to be a belief in channel, uh, or excuse me, spirit medium uh, of, for this family who believed they were a conduit for the god Vedic god Indra. But it's, the story doesn't end here. Uh, a few years back at Konkan University, a play, a stage play was held called uh, uh, Madness by the moonless night, and one of the scenes is where they re they basically replay the murder of the girl who was killed, uh, and basically it was it caused a little bit of a controversy. Uh, they they basically reenacted the murder on stage, uh, and uh, this caused somewhat of a stir uh, because of the just insanity of, of the of the case uh, some people still debate to this day whether it was insanity or if it was spirits that caused the murder and the, the really just sick action uh, so they, the, the the story became kind of le- legendary in Thailand uh, because of the case so this is a little bit more about how Thai black magic and murder uh, have seeped into the culture Uh, real life cases do make it into the popular culture and it's kind of a feedback loop people believe in this stuff pretty heavily so the next case I wanted to look at was a woman, a wife, who killed her husband. And in this case, she believed she was Buddha himself who was uh, possessing her to defeat Mara, which is the uh, old, like, arch-nemesis of Buddha. Mara is like death and suffering personified, and Buddha has to conquer Mara. And she believed that the Buddha possessed her to kill to defeat Mara and in order to defeat Mara she needed to kill her husband first uh the case is from I think 2012 uh and basically she cut up his body and stuffed him into a suitcase uh this is likely more to do with mental illness than anything obviously Uh, When security guards uh, were contacted by her to help move the luggage, which had the body in it, they found it to be unusually heavy and they opened it. And that's when they found the body with teeth marks and teeth, uh, basically bite marks and wounds all over the body. The head, Uh, the head was decapitated. The wrists and ankles were cut off. So he was he was uh, dismembered. She claimed to be a medium for the Lord Buddha himself, who was here to defeat evil, and she said when confessing to the murder that she killed Mara himself, and we are, she said, I am the master of knowledge, who dares to catch me? I had to kill him. So aside from that she meditated at the police station put her hands up and refused to make any other statements. In this case her urine did turn out to be purple which means she was on some sort of drugs. And uh the actually the head uh, I take back that one of the details the head of the victims The head of the victim, her husband, was found in the Bangkok Noi Canal later. So she had cut off his head, uh, and there was bite marks all over the body, but the head was found later uh, in a canal. Um, So this is another case that I thought should make it to this episode uh, because she fully believed that she was a medium for Buddha himself. and it resulted in a killing. So the next case is kind of interesting. A woman, a wife, killed her husband uh, because she claimed he was doing black magic on her and others. This was from 2018, August 31st, 2018, so about three years ago. Um, a 56-year-old woman who was uh, the wife of a farm owner who owned some land along with a group of about five people um, had killed the owner. It was a palm oil uh, plantation. And actually the murder happened in 2015. She was arrested in 2018. All five of the suspects were arrested. Uh, one of them was a Burm- two of them were Burmese. A couple of them were Thai, along with the wife who was Thai. They all planned the murder. And according to the reports, uh, there was some infidelity going on. There was love triangles with everybody involved. And the man who owned the farm had a passion for black magic. And it's claimed that he had cast black magic curses on everybody involved. And the black magic curses were meant to cripple everybody. So they wanted to attack him. And they just meant to hurt him, not kill him. But it went a little too far. And he died. So people will kill for black magic. And people will kill to protect themselves against black magic. But there's a weird mix here too. Because there's uh, there was a love triangle. And there were people who didn't trust each other on this farm and there might have been some other issues brewing beneath the surface but still that does not take away from the fact that at the end of the day the motives that were expressed and that were reported in the Thai press were to stop him from casting these curses upon them So, there's a few other stories here I just want to run through real quick. Uh, One of them is from 2015, October 2015. A a husband murders his wife claiming to be worshipping the god Mekraj. He killed his wife, basically brutally strangled her There's bruises around her neck and by her breasts. There were stab wounds. Uh, Next to the head of the woman was a plate of flowers, incense, and candles, and other sacred objects uh, placed by an altar. According to the report, he did have mental illness, and he pretended to be the god Mekraj. And he claimed that he took care of the souls of the world of the human world and killed the wife to send her to the heavens so she could worship mekraj himself Uh, he even used facebook with the name mekraj so he changed his name on facebook to mekraj He killed uh, his wife by strangling and using pillows to suffocate her while she slept and then stabbed her with a screwdriver before sending her soul to the realm of Mekraj so she could worship him. So a pretty sick, twisted case, uh, pretty grisly. Uh, It sounds like mental illness in this case. Uh, another case, um, and then after this, we're, we're, I want to get into a little bit of the, t- the history of the actual practitioner perspective of black magic as it's been done in Thailand and the Thai occult and has been passed down for generations. Uh, this is a story from 2017, September 2017. A five-year-old girl was murdered. Her throat was cut. And it was to give power to a talisman. And this is will be a good segue into some of the other um background information about this and this happened in kanchanaburi so police found the body of a five-year-old girl whose throat was slit the corpse was put into a bag of fertilizer and abandoned in a pit in the, millage, the middle of the village uh the the body was fully clothed uh but there was a deep neck wound um, and they found the body uh, hours after she was killed, the the poor girl, the five-year-old. Uh, the killer was a 25-year-old man who said that the murder would give power to his talisman. So he admitted and confessed that when the girl fell asleep, he came into the house and spooked her woke her up and that's when he stabbed her uh he tried to clean up the blood he then tried to conceal the uh, so he wiped down the blood in in the kitchen where she where he killed the the five-year-old girl and then he brought the bag of fertilizer stuffed her inside that and then ditched her in a hole uh which actually was a septic tank uh, so he tried to camouflage it and cover up what he had done the mother of the deceased uh, or excuse me the mother of the killer said he was a good boy of course the mothers always do that he normally wasn't a bad person and that he was actually close to the the kid who he killed the, the five-year-old girl he used to buy according to the, his mother buy snacks for children to eat uh, so that makes it all well and fine. Uh, according to the mother, she said her son uh, had used marijuana, the marijuana, since he being a young boy and suffered hallucinations and paranoia from that. Uh, so don't even do the marijuana, not even once. Don't Never inject the marijuana, as the old saying goes. So these are, uh, this, I mean, is an incredibly sad case. Uh, He was trying to give power to a talisman. It sounds like he, again, had deeper mental issues that were a result of probably untreated schizophrenia. But I'm not a mental health professional, and I never met this man. So who am I to say? But it sounds like he was incredibly delusional. Uh, but he did say that he was trying to give power to his talisman after the murder, and this brings us to some of the actual practitioner perspective. So, I want to start with murder and how it relates to the uh, what would be called the astral body or like the spirit body uh the use of skulls and amulets, the Kumantong, which you are probably familiar with. It's those dolls that you might have seen, who are carried around by believers. So we're going to cover some of this stuff. Uh, so there's a book uh, called The Thai Occult, which I like to I like to read um, from time to time, uh, and in this book, I, I found a few sections that I thought were relevant. So it describes how when an Ajahn uses uh, skulls to make amulets, that the third eye region is is the most desirable, the most potent. But these days, in modern times, any part of the skull can be used because of the scarcity of source materials. Although it would be less scarce than you would think, and there is a underground market for uh, this this uh material to make magical objects uh if there is bodily fluids oils bones skin uh genitals bones etc uh used it's typically called pry pry uh so like the oil of the body would be num pry and uh the skull amulet is called a penang and its value is calculated from its size, how the person died, um, if the name of the person can be attributed to the skull, so if like they know who it was, where it's from, and the skills of the maker. Uh, the cause of death is essential to, to know, and that's what really gives it its spiritual power. The, uh, it's the, So the belief is rooted in the idea that the at the point of death when the body reaches its time and the karma is ready to bring this life to an end the astral body like our spirit body will know that the body is going to die and it will slowly leave the physical body Uh, so the astral body will be able to move around and uh, it will carry on in its way but when a death occurs suddenly or unexpectedly um, such as in a murder or an accident the astral body doesn't have time to see death coming and so it's taken by surprise Uh, and so the spirit of that body is very suddenly separated from the physical body so like the spirit body is suddenly separated from the physical body and it is confused and this is what according to the practitioners gives the physical remains a certain power because the spirit is still tied to the body and it and the spirit is confused and you're able to in a way capture and control the spirit of the body through wearing amulets and charms made from the parts of, of the murdered or ac- uh, murdered victim or the accident victim. And so you see that murder, uh, this could be a motive for murder if one wants to obtain a very powerful amulet in order to acquire the materials. Uh, a murder can take place, although typically the murders would be uh, ones just done in the course of uh, the world, of life, because murders happen um, and then the amulets uh, would be made from the body parts of murder victims and a murder an intentional murder just to create an amulet isn't always the case i'm not suggesting that that is a standard procedure but that does happen there are also a uh, there's also a tradition uh which originates in burmese magic where the Skull amulet is uh, chosen from, or is taken from a person who's been killed through a lightning strike, and because of the violent, just powerful natural event of being hit by lightning, people believe that people who die this way have a great virtue. Some believe it's a very terrible way to die, Uh, and some people believe that the heavens strike down someone with lightning because they want that person's soul and to and it's a very direct powerful way to bring that soul up to the heavens and the celestial realms so the thinking goes that and this is i'm not saying i believe in this stuff i'm saying this is what's been reported and documented by practitioners people who practice uh, that the skull of a person who's been killed in this way will be uh, offer a great protection, and that the person holding and wearing this amulet can kill with impunity. So certain practitioners are able to protect themselves and murder and kill others with impunity. So this is a throwback to some deep tradition and superstition around being struck by lightning, using that person's skull as an amulet and being able to, through various rituals give it a power, and activate it, and when you wear it, you're able to kill with impunity. And according to the book, it's uh, this practice still occurs to this day. So that's another really interesting thing, that the, depending on how an amulet is obtained, what uh, the conditions are, and the circumstances of the death, that it can actually give you the power to commit murder. Uh, Suicide is another part of the dark arts. So in various forms of necromancy and uh, practitioners who follow the left-hand path, they believe that if someone has been killed or suicided with, say, like a rope, uh, that this rope, say, used for a suicide along with the name of the person who killed themselves, the date, and a photograph uh, a photograph of, of the suicide, uh, that these items have a very rare kata or power uh, that allows the person to obtain a very special kind of spiritual wisdom uh, that is hard to obtain otherwise. And so these items are sought out. Uh, The knives that can be used in a suicide uh, are also sought out and of murder, uh, which are difficult to obtain because uh, they're not collected in Thailand, uh, but some do try to seek them out. So suicide ropes and ropes uh, used for murder are sought out for their power uh especially if there's evidence of the crime with photographs or of the suicide photographs of the suicide names and circumstance and dates of the person who died either by murder or suicide and there's a special power through the spirit of that person that is obtained by the practitioner and they can uh, basically manipulate the power of that spirit for spiritual purposes So accidents are another form of the the occult. And there's a type of ghost uh, and power obtained through accidents, uh, either suicide, murder, uh, or accidents, called a pitai hong. And this is the ghost of a person that died in an accident, pitai hong. And these... Uh, The remains of that person is very useful for creating talismans in the Thai occult and regional occult practices, both in Cambodia and Burma. And so the more terrible the accident, the more supernaturally powerful the talisman and the amulet will be. Uh, The death must be very sudden, again, because this ties back into the fact that the spirit won't know that the person died. They don't realize that... uh, the spirit doesn't realize the body has died. And so this spirit is classed as a P-tai Hong. Uh, this also happens to suicide victims and murder victims. And also people that die with a grudge. It basically makes the spirit quite ferocious. Uh, they can't move on to the spirit world or to the next life. They're stuck because they died so suddenly. And... The spirit still is tied to this world. They cling to this world. This is according to the book. And so the Namman prai, the oil from the body of this, is very uh, potent for protection. And amulets are used and worn by people uh, from these victims either accident murder or suicide victims so you most definitely have came across people in your time if you've spent enough time in thailand who wear these amulets uh 100 so just be aware of that that this is a quite uh, i don't want to say common like it's like your next door neighbor common but it's very likely that you've come across people that have amulets made from oil from the corpse after it's been burned the nam man Pray of uh p tai hong spirits which have been killed in accidents or murders so uh, this is something just to be very aware of uh if you are interested in this kind of stuff th- please get this book uh the, T- the tai cold it's a really interesting book and i'm kind of just uh summarizing some of the stuff i had found in the book here uh, there's other places i've done research too but this is a this is a nice kind of compilation of of some of the things that tie to the thai occult black magic and murder and that brings me to one of the objects that you've most definitely seen in thailand it's the kuman tong uh it kuman comes from the uh, sanskrit word kumar which is like an it's like an old it's uh like an old Vedic god. And it kind of means like the sun or prince. But there's Kumar is like a is like an old Vedic god too. Uh, Tong is gold, so it's like a golden child. There's a there's a, a story from Thai history, uh, the uh, where Kun Pain is a warrior around the year fifteen hundred, and uh, this is a story that's been passed down in Thai culture. Uh, it's it's a quite a interesting tale, and this is at least the first time the Kumantong appears in Thai history, according to the lore. And so, in uh the Thai magic system, uh there's different types of spirits uh, that can be obtained through basically kids dying uh so it's like a child spirit uh like whether it's a infant that dies in the womb uh these are very powerful because it basically is like a seed of all the life that was not able to be to be lived through being born so and it's like a pure child that hasn't been taught like societal right and wrong so it's kind of like a pure potent spiritual force that has it's like amoral, and uh, it can be imbued into a doll. So you probably see a lot of times people buy these dolls. Now, most of the time, those dolls that you see being carried around—they're popular a few years back. Um, people still have them. A lot of times, they're not really imbued with like the spirit of a dead child or a dead fetus or or infant. Uh, that had had that had died uh, unnaturally most of the time it's they're just dolls there are stories of of uh, dolls being created from the dead uh, children and uh, various parts of the child like remains uh, again uh, even sometimes fetuses are are preserved and worn by people as amulets. Uh, basically, the story of how kind of like Kuman Tong started goes back to this Kun Pain from about five hundred years ago, and uh, the story goes that he found a a, a graveyard and he through a necromancy basically rose uh raised the ghost of a mother who had died while pregnant and this type of ghost is called a pitai tanglom and it's very powerful uh and kun pain fought this spirit this mother spirit and there was like a battle in the graveyard and he persuaded other spirits to follow him after defeating the the ghost. Uh, there's another story that Kunpain murdered one of his lovers, his consort, and cut uh, the sun from her belly and then roasted it over a fire and chanted some dark incantations, some mantras to bind the spirit to him. And then there was a Naman Prai oils from the body which were very powerful and the baby uh, once it was dried and burned uh, was preserved with like a lacquer and gold leaf and uh, this is an old practice of adding gold to uh, faces of the dead to make them less disgusting and this is possibly the source of the name golden child so it was either the death of the mother or the baby um, that gave the spirit power. And that's like the old story. But you have to understand that these sorts of stories actually still are carried out in practice to this day. Um, so this idea that there are babies being stolen and are taken and roasted, basically, that's kind of shocking. And according to the book, it would seem unlikely that's happening, but there are articles and there are cases of this happening. There, there is a black, under, the black market, an underground market for these materials, the pry in order uh, to, to make this stuff. So there is an underground market for the materials that come from body parts from various sources, whether it's murder victims, aborted children children that perhaps are killed and stolen for this purpose. So uh, there's a lot of fake stuff that happens out there as well, fake materials which are not potent. Uh, In more rural areas of Thailand where there's higher mortality rates for infants and mothers, uh, or if there's abortions or miscarriages, it's basically a fact that these, the remains of these bodies are being used and sold under this, uh, in, in the black market to create, uh, talismans and amulets, uh, for practitioners that, that are still practicing to this day. Uh, there's, uh, there are abortion clinics in Thailand. Um, and I think the laws have recently changed around abortion, but, uh, the aborted remains from abortion clinics. I, I have read uh, articles of them being uh, busted for selling them to various practitioners of the dark arts. So there are news stories on all these cases. I would say this is a part, I, I kind of wanted to cover some of the stuff from the book and um, I was just kind of summarizing some aspects of the Thai occult book that, that I like. Uh, so that wasn't like my original writing or material. I just wanted to summarize some aspects of the book. So there are a lot of news stories that come out in Thailand of this pretty regularly. It doesn't so much make it to the English language press all the time. You have to be on the lookout for it in Thailand. I have like RSS feed alerts that uh, in Thai that kind of notify me when this kind of stuff happens. And there's a lot of it. The problem is I have to sort through the, the noise because uh, there's, there's so much in like popular culture as well. Uh, you—I mean, you're probably not surprised, but it's just there's just a ton of material that's put out in popular culture in Thailand about this stuff. But there are real cases as well, and so this is a little bit about the Thai black magic and murder and the Thai occult. I would say this is a part one. I'm going to be covering more cases like this as i come across them and i do more research or if they happen i'll collect them and i'll this i'll say is an ongoing series so i want to put a bookmark in this for now and if you have any good stories please send them my way Uh, you can get in touch with me on my twitter true crime thailand uh or you can search, or just uh, the at Crime Thailand. Uh, my email is truecrimethailand@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I'd be happy to hear what you have to say if you have any good stories around this subject. So I'm going to wrap it up for now and sign off.